Welcome to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ, hosted by Personal Responsibility Recovery. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, here's your host, Mark Myers. And again, welcome to the Recovery Hour with uh, Personal Responsibility Recovery. You know, we uh, Mark Myers, our host, of course, Dr. Kirby Stewart, and uh, a very, very special guest tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, my microphone tried to run away from me. A very special guest tonight, uh, Sheriff Gleason from Williamson County, who has done just a tremendous amount for the recovery community over the last few years and in resources and programs and setting things up. And if you've not tuned into our show before, the Recovery Hour is a call-in show format. Um, 512-836-0590 is the number to call in and join our conversation. It's brought to you by Personal Responsibility Recovery. We are a small 12-bed, uh, very clinical uh, 12-step immersive treatment program for substance use disorders, alcoholism, addiction. And the goal of our show, we say it every week, it's to destigmatize addiction. It's the leading cause of death um, in the 18 to 45-year-old range, accidental overdose, um, which is now being classified as accidental poisoning, even with the fentanyl. Add in the alcohol, add in DWIs, add in all of the health issues that are in its it's just at epidemic proportions. It is the not only the leading cause of death, but if you if you put it into real numbers, we we lost over 120,000 people last year, according to CDC. That's like 9/11 happening in our country every eight days. It is a scary, scary number. As an industry, as a community, we have to do better. We want to destigmatize addiction, destigmatize the conversations about them, provide resources, and. Uh, that's one of the, the reasons that, that Dr. Kirby and I uh, invited Sheriff Gleason on to our show today because there are he, he is just a wealth of information. Now, I, I understand that you probably want to go through other sources before you get to <laughs> going through some of Sheriff Gleason's programs. <laughs> well, Sheriff Gleason has uh, – this is – Dr. Stewart, Kirby Stewart. Uh, Sheriff Gleason is well known as an advocate for folks uh, doing their best to recover from this, Absolutely. this disease. And, and that, that's, that's remarkable. And that, you know, that 120,000 deaths due to overdose is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the public health burden that uh, this uh, disorder is imposing on our society. And uh, we believe that we need to cooperate fully to decrease both supply and demand. We need to get both, both sides of that equation uh, addressed in a positive way. That's why I'm excited to, to partner with Sheriff Gleason. I, I, hope, I hope he feels like he's partnering with <laughs> us. <laughs> well, Sheriff Gleason, welcome to the show, sir. We, we sure appreciate it. And, and, and Early on, we were talking, and I'm, I'm just going to jump right into this. We were talking a little bit about the programs that you have, kind of the history. Would, would you just speak for a minute about what what all you've done? It's it's really uh, uh, the dedication and, and organization. Everything that you've put into it is, is just mind-boggling to me to, to and, see the and amount. And what inspired you to do it? 
Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. And uh, that's the loaded question. It's going to be, uh, uh, be careful what you ask for. You might just get it. <laughs> and uh, I happen to be, in 2006, the only licensed mental health officer in my agency. And so wow. we were uh, handed the task of uh, creating a, a crisis intervention team unit to start dealing with the, uh, the growth of the county and the people that were suffering from mental illness and uh, substance abuse. So I asked the sheriff at the time, I go, you know, I'm going to need a honeymoon phase. And he goes, I don't know anything about this. So whatever you need, you, you ask for. So we got away from the normal deputy coming to your house. And so we created a, a nine-person deputy unit that was plainclothes, unmarked cars. We housed them away from the sheriff's office and uh, supervisors, admin. So we erased that stigmatism of the police department showing up at your house every night when you're having, you know, um, having a relapse or an outburst or some type of disturbance. Now you could come and visit and 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 um, meet with a counselor, things of that way, uh, but not going through uh, the sheriff's office per se. Well, then that kind of morphed into bringing the hospitals on board because we had heard that everybody's getting dropped off at an ER. They were just dumping them into the jail because these other police agencies didn't have the area of expertise that our deputies had. So we started doing it countywide for everybody. So just let us handle it. And that way uh, we started saving so much money by not uh, dropping at uh, ERs and then we weren't dropping at the jail. And we kept meticulous stats and we showed that cost savings to our elected officials and the hospital districts. And we showed the hospitals, we've saved all this money for you by you not paying for it out of your indigent health care which is millions of dollars, and here's our stats to prove it, and you have your own ER stats. I go, you know what? I need a million bucks to start a respite center. How do you feel about that? And they go, shoot, yeah. How many zeros do you need on that check? <laughs> and I said, well, now I need a 24-hour drop-off diversion center. Now I've just started a, uh, a competency-based restoration program in my own jail so these people aren't waiting two and three years to go to Ash and Vernon and all that just to come back and be found competent. I can do it in eight weeks. And now if I'm not if, if I'm not mistaken, you, you're on the board of directors of some other organizations like Blue Bonnet Trails yes. and some mental health organizations. Yeah, I was just appointed also as a director for the Sheriff's Association of Texas, representing all 254 counties in the state of Texas because of my work in mental health to go down to the legislation and push for more of this. So we were able to uh, capture a $600,000 grant to start our competency-based restoration program uh, through the legislature through Health and Human Services. And That's so, outstanding. And, uh, yeah. and then I'm also on the board of directors of Blue Bonnet Trails, and I'm also on the board of directors for the Children's Advocacy Center. Yeah. And it, so, you, you know, it, it, th- these kinds of efforts raise the bottom immensely. for thousands of people. Immensely, yes. Immensely. It, it not only saves hospitals money, but, you know, if your bottom is in an ER or a jail, that's, that's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have one program that was rather interesting on how it developed. We, it, we, we built it out of need because uh, we were talking earlier, Mark and I, that you can't control what comes in at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And that's where a lot of these younger officers are put. They're on midnights. They're by themselves, no direction, no, uh, mm-hmm. no strong you know, um, super, supervision, and I can't control that. So we formulated a group that comes into my jail every morning, and it's made up of my crisis intervention team, my, hospi- uh, my infirmary staff, CIT, the county attorney and the district attorneys, and all those cases that came in overnight, we'll look at it and we'll go, robbery, yeah, uh, murder, yeah, robbed a liquor store, yeah, running down the street naked with covered in feces, no. that, And they went to jail for pedestrian and roadway. 
because the officer didn't know what to do in the yeah, path, right. of, and the path of least resistance was to put them in jail <laughs> oh, for goodness. public intoxication or something sure. like that. And now they're in my jail with a criminal case. Well, that group comes together and they look at all those and that guy or girl gets that folder, their booking folder gets handed to the CIT officer. They're not fingerprinted. They're not photographed. They're removed from the jail and they're put right into services at that minute. And the uh, county attorney or the district attorney signs the declination of prosecution, no criminal charges, and they get out. And then they get the help they need for the mental health, which is is just – and we're going to be coming up on a break here in just a minute. Um, If anybody wants to join our conversation tonight uh, or this afternoon, evening, this this is kind of a time that messes me up. I guess it's evening. Uh, 512-836-0590. That's to give us a call or text. And, you know, we're going to come back and visit a lot more with Sheriff Gleason and – you know, again, personal responsibility recovery. We're a we're a resource, but this is not all about us, and that's the reason we do this show. If you are seeking residential treatment, long term treatment, those types of things, we're your guy. We absolutely are. Um, we can handle mental health. We can do a lot of things, and that's why we always say, make a plan. Get get in front of this, because by the time you're visiting with Williamson County uh, the next day, it's because you were running naked through your neighborhood. <laughs> and that's not a bottom people need to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's From experience, I can tell you, it's not a bottom you need <laughs> or want to hit. Um, so, you know, we try to cover all aspects of this, have a plan. And, and part of that is destigmatizing the conversations about it personalresponsibilityrecovery.com. It's a contact page. Give us a, shoot us an email and let us help guide that. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Sunday at noon. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Mark Myers. And again, Mark Myers and, uh, of course, our, our host, Dr. Kirby Stewart, and our very special guest tonight, uh, Sheriff Gleason from Williamson County. Um, you know, and, and I should say the Williamson County Sheriff, not, not just from Williamson County. He's, he's the Williamson County Sheriff. Um, you know, uh, if you're just joining us, uh, our show, Personal Responsibility Recovery, brings us to you every uh, Monday from 6 to 7. And and again, it, it's the goal is to destigmatize addiction. It's the leading cause of death, and uh, you know we've just got to do better. We've got to uh, we've got this addiction, substance use disorder is not a moral failing. It is not a bad choice. It's not a I'm going to go out and do all these horrible things. It's it's uh, Dr. Kirby, you you very or Dr. Stewart, you very eloquently. Mm-hmm. Put it often. It, it's a brain disorder. It's it's the lack of choice. Um, it is, yeah, it is. It's it's a it's a brain disorder that's largely inherited, that results in a loss of the power of choice, and uh, people keep wanting people to just make better choices. It's like you're asking somebody who's paralyzed from the waist down to lift their knees up higher. It's it's not gonna. It's just it just not doesn't helpful. happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's good advice, but it's not helpful. <laughs> exactly, and and in in tackling that, there's a lot of mental health aspects to it. There's a lot of treatment aspects to it. There's 
there's so many different um, and and again if you're if you're if you're at that top level and I, I reference the the disease of addiction sometimes or the disorder uh, disease it's it's a common common talking back and forth but if you have cancer and it's at stage one you will go kick down the door of an oncologist to get this under control and get it going and if you have stage one addiction your family's going to rally around you and say, yeah, just stop, make better decisions. Don't worry about this. It's not that bad. And when you have stage four, uh, that's when you meet Sheriff Gleason <laughs> and his well, team. <laughs> yeah. Sheriff Gleason could save your life. That's for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And we understand it's okay not to be okay. It is. And, uh, and, and I don't want you in my jail because that, you know, that's just a whole nother world of problems, you know. Someone who comes in that we say normal, for the lack of a better term, I pay hundred. You pay. We taxpayers pay a hundred bucks a day for that person. Someone who comes in with a substance abuse on psych, psychotropic meds or some type of mood altering is worth three, four hundred, and 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 that's if you're not on three thousand dollar month medication. Exactly, that we're picking up the tab on. Exactly, yeah, I'd much rather have you in services that already exist. We just got to ha- have to get you there. Got to help identify them mm-hmm. and and. If we can do that in advance, sometimes the jail portion of it uh, is avoided altogether. But right. we need to know about those resources. And like, we're talking nonviolent offenders. I don't want to get I don't want to get uh, kind of tagged here as a hug a thug or something like that. These <laughs> these are nonviolent offenders that exactly. we're getting. The people that have been circling the drain for years, back and forth. Uh, you know, if you've killed somebody, you're going to be in jail for a long time, getting help. <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah. and. You know, there is that uh, that aspect of it. There are people who are victims of the disease of mental illness, people who are unfortunately affected by the disorder of substance use, and then there's people who uh, who are making some really bad decisions on purpose, and, and there's, there's a huge difference between those two. And I, I have lived in Williamson County for many, 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 many years, and I, I have can say I appreciate how Williamson County divides those two. It's a great system. Now, I am curious, Travis County, Burnett, I know Burnett County has mental health officers. That's where our mm-hmm. treatment center is located. And well, These guys are outstanding. They too. did an they, amazing job. Amazing job. With one of our clients recently. Yeah. Uh, saved his life. Absolutely saved his life. Um, and did not involve taking him to jail. It was – and – my understanding is they are a spinoff or product. A lot of the same people worked for you, trained mm-hmm. for you. Absolutely. Yeah, we. Uh, it's not very uncommon that I'm not getting a phone call from someone around the state, if not the U.S., to send two or three of my people to their agency and show them how to do it, how to create their own program. We're in very high demand to do that. Well, that, that speaks very highly of the program. And, and I know Hayes County, I think, has similar. Yep. Travis County has similar. Yep. So this is raising the awareness. And this is, this is the exact thing we want this show to do is raise the awareness. But we still have to work on destigmatizing because until this happens, it still stays in the dark. It's like you can be affected by substance use, but until a crisis has happened, no one wants to talk about it. There's the guilt, the shame. It doesn't make sense to me, Dr. Stewart. I, you know, I, it doesn't really make sense to me either in hindsight, but, you know, when 
I'm in my cups, so to speak, or I'm suffering from what I like to call, this This starts to get kind of wordy, so I apologize, but what I like to call uh, compulsivity, because that's really what we're talking about, a brain disorder that uh, Im- imposes a kind of compulsive behavioral pattern on the part of the individual involved with it. And I want to emphasize this loss of the power of choice. I know I talk about it a lot. It gets redundant. But choice is not an absolute. Choice is a capacity. Some of us are really good at making good choices. Some of us are really bad at making good choices. And addiction makes that worse. I've made a few pretty bad decisions. (laughs) (laughs) And and so when someone is... uh, lost to their addiction, they uh, don't have a, a complete or what you might even call a normal access to choice. So how do you intervene? How do you help that individual when they're still an agent unto themselves? They're not incompetent. They just don't make good choices. How do you help them? That's the million dollar question. One thing that we are really keying in on now is uh, mom and dad, you know, especially with, with the younger generations, mom and dad are really good about talking about alcohol and tobacco and marijuana. But you say, how do you talk to your kids about fentanyl? And they go, fentanyl what? And uh, Exactly. And you got to understand, mom and dad, your child bought something off the Internet that they thought was a Percocet or a Xanax or something that was just going to help them sleep. Yeah. But it killed them. They didn't get to wake up the next morning and go, wow, I had too many beers at that frat party. I need to make a better decision. Yeah. You never get another chance. You are done and dead. You get no chance to learn from your mistakes. One of our doctors, Dr. Carter, who also does, uh, well, I don't say our doctor, but a friend of our program, Dr. Mm -hmm. Carter, has been on several times. And he talks about being in the ERs when they say, what did you take? And they say, meth. And they say, nope, you mm-hmm. got fentanyl. Yep. What did you take? I just smoked a bunch of marijuana. No, that's, that's fentanyl. And it's, it's so prevalent in almost every drug out there right now because of, I, I guess, the expenses. It's easier to get. It's cheaper. It's easier to well, transport. That and if you die from your first encounter with uh, fentanyl, you are never – you were never a product for that drug dealer. You're dead. No. So, and it's all about the money. But if he can get you hooked on that, you're a cash cow. And that's what that's all it comes down to the money. If it kills you, you oh, on to the next one. That's what they're looking for is the repeat customer. The repeat. And and it's a scary drug. I mean, I've, I've, I have been in recovery for uh, a little over 38 years. Um, it wasn't on the street then. My my worst case thing would be pass out somewhere and oh boy I I I did so I did it again whatever but it wasn't the life threatening that is out there today and you know the the we have several clients that have come in that say you know my my kid smokes marijuana twenty four seven and plays video games well they're not just doing that there's other things that are involved and and those substances are uh, they're scary. They're just, they're flat out scary. And again, the conversations have to be normalized about that in order to educate, in order to uh, have, have the, the access to that. Unfortunately, we've almost come full circle and you have to look at it as, as a new scared straight program. Because like the number I gave you, when you say 
Fentanyl killed 140,000 people last year. That's a lot of people, but unless you put it in perspective, you don't grasp that. And so we use the terminology that fentanyl killed the equivalent of a 737 crashing every day and everybody dying in this country. Every day, a fully loaded 737 crashes and they all die. How long would our government put up with that if that really happened every day? Yeah. And it does. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And if heart failure or, or heart disease, if cardiothoracic surgery had an 85% failure rate the way treatment centers do, how long would we accept that? Right. And and that's where, you know, again, the goal of this show is is we've got to do better on this. We've got to raise an awareness that there are – you know, the guy with the biggest Google ad is maybe not the best program. The guy who charges an entire fortune is not the best program all the time. Uh, the, well, that's that's uh, one of the points that we, we try to make is that we're certainly not against addiction treatment. Gosh, we're in no. the business. <laughs> that's what we do, but let's do it right. But, yeah, we, f- we feel like it can be done uh, – in a much more efficient, much more efficacious, we can get much better results Affordable. than what the industry is producing right now. And, and uh, that's, that's part of the reason that we, we have our show is to advocate for improvement in the addiction treatment field. And I think certainly collaboration uh, with uh, individuals like Sheriff Gleason is a is a way to open that up for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And we're going to come back here and we, we're up against a break, of course, for uh, the news in just a moment. But, uh, you know, when we come back, Sheriff Gleason, I would love for you to maybe share a little bit of the services that are out there. The the There are so many community services that are available that do an outstanding job. And those are the ones that, uh, you know, nobody's getting rich doing. They're the ones that people are doing because they care. People are doing because they work. It's services that, uh, that are needed in our community. We're going to be right back after the news. And uh, again, if you want to join us, please do so. 512-836-0590. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Sunday at noon. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Mark Myers. And we're glad you're joining us this evening from uh, every Monday night. Actually, 6 to 7 is the Recovery Hour with uh, myself, Mark Myers, our host, Dr. Kirby Stewart, um, and tonight's very special guest, uh, Sheriff, uh, Sheriff Gleason, the Williamson County Sheriff. I, I don't know why I'm a little stunned to have the Williamson County Sheriff sitting across from me, but that's... Uh, Pretty awesome, and and what's even more awesome is the things that uh, Sheriff Gleason has managed to put together for our community. A lot of times you hear Williamson County, and everybody thinks, "Oh, that's those hardliners. They're going to throw you in jail. They're going to, they're going to come." What was the old saying? Come on vacation, leave on probation, and pray for deferred adjudication. And pray for deferred adjudication. That's it. (laughs) And nothing could be further than the truth. Um, when we come to substance use disorder. And again, if you're, if you're just joining us, Personal Responsibility Recovery brings you this show uh, every Monday night from 6 to 7 with the goal of identifying resources in our community, normalizing conversations about uh, substance use disorder, uh, alcoholism, addiction, normalizing asking for help, normalize, realize that you know, this is this is not a moral failing. This is a mental illness. It is a mental disorder, just like anything else. 
Uh, if you have asthma, you're gonna you're gonna get treated for it. If you have heart disease, diabetes, there is not only treatment, but then there's maintenance that goes with it. And uh, you know, if there's you have also prevention. There's prevention, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those things come into play, and uh, but they have to be talked about. We 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 have to get people beyond the shame, beyond the guilt, beyond. Uh, you know, trying to hide this and take care of it yourself and, and having it that shame-based family thing that is, is so prevalent in, in our community. And I, I think before the break, Dr. Dr. Stewart and I were talking a little bit with uh, – Sheriff, what, what is the you, – you're part of Blue Bonnet Trails. You're part of several other – what are the resources that are readily available that you, you don't necessarily if, – if you don't have anything, if you – are in that lower kind of that bottom where where you're just looking to get out. There's some there's some resources out there that don't have to involve law enforcement. Right. There's a well, like I said, Blue Bonnet Trails. It's actually Blue Bonnet Trails Community Services, so uh, it is part of the community. It's funded, and uh, a lot of people think, well, I I've got to go to a rehab, and rehab is thirty thousand dollars a month, and I don't have not hours. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, it's a lot of money. Anyway, it's a, bit, life, of it's a, yes, it's a bit of money, and they and they have nothing. And a lot yeah. of times, their substance abuse is based on them having nothing, and the criminal enterprises that they go to to raise the something that they do get to su- to supplant their their habits. Exactly, cycle. it is a vicious, vicious cycle. So if you find yourself in a in a conundrum where you said, "Well, there's nothing available to me," all the communities have these community based. Uh, services. You go in there, knock on their door, and say, "I'd like to talk to a counselor." You can call one of my CIT folks. They're not going to arrest you. CIT. I'm sorry, is my crisis intervention crisis team. Crisis intervention deputies, team. And they'll make the meeting. We'll give you a ride. I'd rather put five bucks in your gas tank to get you down there to spend a hundred bucks on throwing you in my jail for nothing. I'd rather I'd rather pay your light bill, you know, and keep you out of crisis if that's what's putting you in crisis than have you sitting in my jail for thirty days because the average day stay in jail is thirty days. So. The uh, uh, community services of Blue Bonnet, they have a pharmacy, they have licensed counselors, they have doctors. They will provide all of that to you, assign you to a counselor. Now, granted, it is responsibility. You have to make your meetings. You got to get there. Yep. You got to do your part. But, you know, they even they even support rideshare programs that will come get you, take you to your mandatory. You know, a lot of these judges now, they're like going, hey, if you go give me a 12-step program, I'll dismiss the charges. If you go to anger management, I'll do, you know, that's part of you going right, to the judge and go, right. look, judge, look at all this proactive stuff I did to get better. The judge goes, way to go. I'm going to go lenient on you. And so Absolutely. all this stuff exists through your, we call it our LMHA, our local mental health authority, and every county has one. Mm-hmm. And they do tremendous work. Absolutely. And, and I'm not going to, uh, there are times that have been my experience that residential treatment is needed. There mm-hmm. are times that that outpatient is not going to, not going to flip that switch. Dual diagnosis, medical depression, some of the things that, that that they address also. But sometimes residential treatment is the thing, and that's one of the reasons that I I think we put our website out there on the contact page. Contact us um, because we have a staff that can lead you through what is the best thing for you, and sometimes that may be reaching out to Williamson County, reaching out to OSAR, reaching out to Cinecor. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of programs out there. Um, I'm kind of shifting gears here just a little bit because you talked about the uh, judges. 
your experience, and I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but your experience, how how does it change if you are arrested for a DWI, maybe a second DWI, and you come into that trial or come into that hearing having completed 60 12-step meetings, having completed a 28-day residential program and having the certificate, having completed anger management, proactive and presenting that before you ever step in front of a prosecutor. It has been my experience that it bodes very, very, very well, very well. We have a lot of folks that that have that referred to us. And I know, Dr. Stewart, you a, a lot of times we open up so much more in that individual that they may not even, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for, maybe even fully understand why they're sitting there with a second DWI. It seems like the consequences of the first one would have kind of well, opened your eyes a that, little bit. That's, the uh, second and third one sometimes. It's like, holy cow, what are we doing here? You're right. right. Well, that, that was the person that just got out and, and circled the drain. They, were, they got into no services. They were left to their own devices and no intervention was made. Exactly. Yeah, with, without the intervention, without the, the support and the sustaining activity that of people who really uh, care about the individual with addiction, they're just going to circle the drain, left to their own devices. And the threat of a negative consequence rarely changes their behavior. That's why I make the point that they they no longer have the power of choice in the matter. So it, it's not like I'm going to say, well, if I drink and drive, I could end up in Huntsville. Well, probably maybe 2% chance that I won't. That's pretty good. I think I'll go for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And that's the kind of judgment impairment that we're talking about here. That's part of the disease. Well, a lot of times we come across people that have something that may have started this event in your life. And so we have a veterans court. And if you go in and say, I'm a veteran, you know, our judges and our legal system says, we are so proud and thankful for your service. Absolutely. We're going to put you into veterans court because you're probably got some PTSD or we don't even call it disease. It's just PTS because no, we don't need to stigmatize it as a exactly. disease. You know, so it's a it's a PTS event. And uh, and we're going to give you a shot. And, you know, and and we're proud that you're a veteran and, and we're grateful for your service. And here's here's a whole nother alternative. So there's probably a lot of vets out there right now going. Well, I didn't know that was available to me. Exactly. And a lot of the the treatment for you know, our uh, – we're, we're so blessed. Susan Turner is our clinical director, and Susan Turner was with the VA for, I believe, 12 years. Um, long, long time. Yeah, she, substance, I, head of the I substance use I thought it was disorder. longer than that, but she has a great deal of experience dealing with PTS and, and, and vets, and I actually think that uh, addiction – is a subset of PTSD. I, and, and, I think it's one and the same syndrome. And I don't ever want to compare combat PTS. I, I don't ever want to compare that to, uh, you know, a, an abusive childhood or uh, things that you see on the street. But whatever that is that triggers so deeply in you, so deeply in your in your psyche that that you you are affected for the rest of your life unless you address it, and it gets 
compounded on itself over and over, and then you start self-medicating. And, you know, Dr. Dr. Masters, I believe, is one who said that, that you know, most people with addiction, about 70% are genetically predisposed, 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 and about 30% use their way into it. So there's a... I don't know about those statistics and things, but I guess my point to that is the PTS, the the post-traumatic stress, is extremely powerful, and it can really affect someone's life. Yeah, the thirty percent that Matt, Doctor Masters, was referring to, almost to a person have suffered a significant amount of trauma, and so you you get the genetic predisposition. And when you couple that with trauma, uh, and the trauma could actually be more of an abandonment than uh, necessarily physical or sexual abuse, the point being that uh, addiction arises out of that fertile field of genetic predisposition coupled with traumatic experience, and that most people who develop a severe addiction are self-medicating. It seems like it just based on, and, and you know, I'm, I'm a recovering addict. Um, at personal responsibility recovery, they let me mow the yard and, and occasionally make lunch. We've got an amazing medical team and the education that we have from that. And then sitting down with, with folks like Sheriff Gleason, just really a, a incredible education. We're going to be back in just a moment. We have to take a quick break here. Hopefully uh, join us after the break. Providing professional opinions, resources, and guidance for addiction treatment every Sunday from noon to one. The Recovery Hour with Mark Myers. And again, thank you for joining us on The Recovery Hour. We're here every Monday from 6 to 7. And uh, I'm Mark Myers. I'm here with Dr. Kirby Stewart and our very special guest, uh, Sheriff uh, Williamson County Sheriff Gleason. And, you know, again, if you're just joining us, our, our, our mission for lack of a better word, uh, we want to destigmatize addiction. We want to talk about it. We want to help some way uh, educate about the leading cause of death between 18 and 45-year-olds. It's uh, as an industry, as a community, you know, we've got to do better. And, and very few people have done as much as uh, Sheriff Gleason from Williamson County. It's just uh, amazing all of the things and community services that are out there and that are available of course, personal responsibility recovery, we're a small private uh, residential treatment for when that is necessary, hopefully so we don't get down to where some of the other ones need to be. Um, as we were coming in, we had, we had talked about PTS, uh, PTSD, PTS, um, and, and Sheriff Gleason, you were mentioning that it's not just military, it's not just addicts, it's uh, first responders, and we don't think about that enough. Um, you guys are amazing. Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> pardon me, the uh, first responder uh, nation, if you will, throughout the United States, uh, we're all wired the same. Some a little bit more gruff than others. Some a little bit, you know, more gentler than others. But for the majority of first responders, firefighters, paramedics, nine one one dispatchers, and police officers and deputy sheriffs, we're not built to see what we see on a regular basis. No one's designed to see that kind no of trauma is. over and over again children, elderly, the vicious car wrecks, things of that nature. And so we have a very advanced peer support system 
at the sheriff's office where we rely on one another. We have a very advanced faith-based chaplaincy program where we offer every denomination now. Usually back in the day, I make fun of it, you know, that the, the sheriff's office chaplain was always the sheriff's pastor. You know, well, that's that's not the case with us. It's every denomination, so you can go talk to whom you're you're comfortable with, right? And um, and so leaning on one another and being able to talk. If you can't talk to your coworker, you're not going to talk to anybody. If you if you can't talk to your partner that you know has your back at two o'clock in the morning, and you're going into the unknown. You don't know what you're going to. Just a man with a gun, and so. Uh, that should be the first person that you can lean on and say, you know, I'm having some difficulty sleeping or whatever that might be. And if it, So we want you to start there. And uh, <clears throat> we try to break down the you – know, we're almost 600 employees, so we're trying to break down the barriers of where I work and who do I work for. We all wear the same uniform. We all wear the same badge. We're all for the same mission. Uh, it's kind of like the SWAT team. The most important uh, job on the team is your job because if you fail your job, the whole thing falls apart. So it's important for the guy standing on perimeter, just as important as the first guy going through the door. So it's very important that everybody knows that they belong to a large, well-oiled machine and have that type of help waiting for them. And you know what I can't help but but reflect on, Dr. Stewart, is, is we always in the 12-step community say one addict helping another is without parallel. It, it just is. And and what I'm hearing is that it, it has to be a community Um and whether it's a community of recovery, a community of peer support. And so many times the addict does not feel like he has any peer support. He is so shame-based, so guilt-ridden. Right. They can't reach out to anyone. Well, one thing – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, please. Uh, one thing that I'd like to add that we were, that we were very excited about, and uh, it's making that call. It's, the, it's that first step, and I want people to realize – that if you're in crisis or you're having trouble, just because you call 911 doesn't mean you get 12 fire trucks, 13 police cars, and eight ambulances, and your neighbor's going, oh, Mike's at it again. <laughs> you know, we, we try to discount that and get away from that. So I now have licensed mental health counselors on my 911 floor. So when you call my 911 center, you get 911, where's your emergency? Do you need fire, police, EMS, or mental health? And, and that's go, amazing. And you go, I need mental health, and you're and you're sent to a counselor that's sitting right next to him. So that conversation starts right there. You don't get the fire truck in your front yard, the, the cops banging on your door. They're like going, what's going on? I'm just not feeling well. Do you have a doctor? They start that process. Oh, you need your script filled? Let's go get your script filled. Oh, you want to talk to you know this doctor? Let me make that connection. Oh, Blue Bond, here's their number. We, we do all that for you at the 911 level, at the floor level, and get those services dispatched to you. So you're not stigmatized again and reliving the nightmare exactly. of the red and blue lights in your front yard. Is that – do you know if Travis County has a they similar – they, they do. do. Travis – because yep. our listening area, of course, is Travis County, Burnett County, Williamson County. Yep. Um, and and those resources, you have to be willing to pick up the phone. And, again, that's that's a lot of what what Dr. Kirby, Dr. Stewart and I want. Well, that, Destigmatize. Be willing to say, I need help. Mm-hmm. That's uh, one of the things that I'm interested in as a professional in the helping professions is how did you, it would seem to me that you had to shift a culture. I was an ER doc for 20 years and we never had a problem, okay? Because if you admitted that you were having a problem, mm-hmm. then your job security was up for grabs. Right. Because you had to be the guy who didn't ever have a personal problem. Is, 
I always assumed that that kind of culture existed in in the policing. It did till we started seeing the suicide rate just skyrocket among right. first responders. And yeah. and this is not a and this is not a jab at any one profession, but you know the the paramedic that goes in and is taking a few extra hydrocodones out of yeah. the pill bottle of the patient that they're looking at. You know. Yeah. And uh, and I've dealt with those before in my career. And um, but. But to your point, I was I started in Williamson County in 1993 as a corrections officer on midnights. Oh wow! So, so I've done the come on vacation, leave on probation, and then I saw where it wasn't working. And even our judges saw that we've been locking people up for centuries, and it doesn't work. Doesn't we had, work. We had no. to shift that culture. And I never thought I'd be that guy, but you could have knocked me over with a feather about a year ago. I was reading a report, and it was a mental health case that I was looking at through the uh, mental health task force. And it went through this whole thing about this person that was in crisis. They were acting out, and they assaulted my deputy. And then I read to the bottom of the report, and the report said, and then I recognized that he was schizophrenic, and the assault was not based on my personality. It was based on what I represented. And so I got him the help he needed. And I said, that dude had been thrown under the jail 30 years ago. you know, yeah, and we would exactly. Have, and we would have swung by the ER, too. Exactly. Yeah. And so now now our, our, our troops, our Gen Zers, Gen Xs, whatever they are, they're recogni- I can't keep up. <laughs> they're re- they're they're recognizing this as young officers that it's right. that they it, he they weren't punching at me, Mike Gleason, the sh- de- deputy sheriff. They were punching at what I represent, and so right. and so we recognize that hey, this is not you and me. It's you have a sickness, and I'm here to help you. And they identified that, and I was like going, wow, I thought I'd never thought I'd read that in a report ever. Mm. And to yeah. have that go forward to addiction to substance use disorder. Uh, which, of course, schizophrenia is is one of the bigs that's self medicated. I mean, that's that's one of the huge issues that is self medicated. So it, uh, the work you guys are doing is is just so commendable. It it I can't thank you enough as a as a recovering addict who has been on the receiving end of of some pretty well deserved and harsh <laughs> treatment. Um, that's the that's the type of things that we need in this community. Is no, the, the, type conver- of the conversation is shifting, isn't it, towards people receiving the help that they need and people being freed up to ask for help, whether they're an ER doctor or a police officer or an addict on the street. Uh, we all, you know, we need each other and it sucks to be isolated, and it doesn't work. Isolation is, as, as you have said so many times, that's one of the absolute key parts of addiction is the isolation that comes with it. You start putting a wall up between your coworkers, then your spouse, your children, everything. It just and and before long, you are. Uh, in a world unto yourself and just the, yeah, the self-medication. It's, it's so hard to maintain that facade of invincibility when you're you're not invincible. Right. Yeah. Well, Sheriff Gleason, we're coming up on the end of our show. Um, is there a website, if someone's listening tonight, that they need help with? Is there a website? Is it just Wilco.org? Yeah, we Wilco.org, go, and then all of our links to everything. and some, Everything's uh, in there, the CIT. The CIT. Numbers, mm-hmm. Blue Bonnet, yeah. and then Blue Bonnet alone has their own websites as well. And Absolutely, and I've, I will throw out there uh, personal responsibility recovery. That one's sometimes pretty easy to go. 
um, personalresponsibilityrecovery.com. It, uh, we've got a real simple contact page. Write in your question, and uh, we will help get to the right resource, whether it's Blue Bonnet, residential treatment with us, residential treatment somewhere else. There's, I guess, the whole message here that we say every week, ask for help. Reach out. Reach out. Ask for help. Connect you with don't, people. Yeah. In the isolation, end the stigma. Uh, Destigmatize de- is what I'm trying to say. The disease of addiction and substance use disorder, because we we need to do better, folks. It's uh, it's killing too many people. We're going to be back here next week and uh, have a whole new guest. We appreciate you joining us.